Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. I'm James Kay, and as always, I'm joined by Ryan McGowan. How are you, Ryan? Hello, everyone. I'm very good. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, all good, all good, all good. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Getting through the days, go back to work in under a month now, so I can see a light at the end of the tunnel, which is very exciting. Hey. And tomorrow, we can go and have a picnic with one person. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I won't lie to you, Ryan. I thought you could do that anyway, but here we are. I mean, the the rules are a bit confusing and have been always, but even now so. I mean, if you go down the high street, it's pretty much the same, except some of the shops aren't open. It's just a bit of an inconvenience. But if you've ever been to like the range, you wouldn't think that there was a lockdown. No, this is the thing. I'm going to out myself a bit here. I don't think at the minute you're supposed to cross county lines. But the other day I went for a walk and I crossed the county line. And oh. the amount of people that are just out and about, it's, it's literally like fuckles going on. Aye, it is. <laughs> and yet the cases are dropping, so hurrah, long live the vaccine and all that, long live Brexit for letting us distribute it so quickly. Always said Brexit was a good idea. Don't look back at anything I've said in the past. Don't at me. <laughs> I was always on that side. But mm. yeah, that's life. And then I think at the end of the month we can meet with six people outside, which is exciting. Yep, yep. Uh, I'll be I'll be going back to work soon in uh, april 12th which is the guideline day to say a lot of places and venues can open up again so i'll be going back yep. to work around that time uh, but i yep. think at that point you're still not allowed to have six people outside so uh, i uh, where i work i'm not sure <laughs> most people gather in groups of more than six they come in big groups mm. generally uh, yeah and so i'm not entirely sure if they'll if we're going to be out, I, don't, to I don't know how it's like going to work family bubbles yeah, probably we did family bubbles before, so I'm pretty sure we'll do the same again. But yeah, yeah, long live yeah. the vaccine. It's all going well. It seems like it's getting better. 
finally. But we also said this in September, so I hold my breath. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the furlough has been extended till September, hasn't it? Right, people panicked about this, and I feel like if you are panicking, maybe it should be explained. The furlough has been extended to the end of September, so basically, when it ends at the end of April, if businesses aren't ready to reopen yet, they won't just sack all of their staff. It mm. means that this gives businesses time to grow slowly over summer, so that there's not like mass unemployment, which there would have been. Mm. So don't worry, it doesn't mean there's going to be another lockdown, it means that they're trying to save jobs. There you go, economic advice from James K. There you are. And if I'm wrong, which I probably am, then, I don't know, write to the podcast. That's yeah. what people do at gmail.com or whatever, I don't know. It's almost as if we, we should have had a, a put in the tea in politics back. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Where'd that go? <laughs> For those that don't know, obviously everyone, uh, to our lovely listeners, um, James and I have tried various sort of creative uh, options and have gone down many creative avenues uh, over the couple of years uh, since starting this. But before starting this podcast, uh, James has done some other podcasts. I've uh, James and I started a previous podcast once with a couple of other people that didn't go down too well. Uh, which uh, the the episodes are still up if you're a, if you're if you're a super sleuth on the internet like at the Cecil Hotel, you'll find it. Um, and you'll know what we're on about. But no, I I uh, am quite into my politics. I think I appeared on one of James's previous podcasts to talk about politics, uh, and I—I oh, I remember that so yeah, long ago. Yeah, and I, I created a Facebook page called "Putting the Tea in Politics," whereby I stood in front of a camera with a cup of tea in one hand, and I basically rounded up the weekly uh, politics news uh, in layman's terms for everyone because Brexit was going on at the time. We had Theresa May in government, mm-hmm. and everything was just a wee bit up in the air. There was a lot of political jargon. And I saw a lot of people that are our age and younger who really just don't understand what's going on. So I just tried to explain it in layman's terms. Uh, And it was quite fun for a little while. Uh, But then you've got so many other platforms out there that are just doing such a better job. Like like TLDR News are phenomenal. And I don't know how they managed to do what they do with so little budget and time. So I I got pushed out. I was a small fish in a big pond. And uh, you got outdone by the big guys. Got outdone by the big guys, yeah. So, yeah, fuck you guys. I've now got my own show. <laughs> <laughs> a semi successful show. Yeah, semi successful show, which I will point out at the time of recording. So, you guys listening right now, we have just hit over 9,000 listens. Which have is, actually? It's phenomenal. Yes, I was going to mention this to you earlier. And then I thought, oh, what I'll do is I'll tell him on the show. We've hit over 9,000 listens. That means over 9,000 people have listened to this show minimum, like, continuously. And we're getting so... You guys listening, this is not supposed to be an update on the show, but we're getting almost 1,000 listens a month. So thank you so much to everyone who's actually listening to the show. I saw that. And I've seen recently as well that Amanda Knox, for some reason, has taken off. Has something gone down with Amanda Knox that I don't know about? Uh, I don't know. That episode has boomed lately. I've heard there may be a talk of her having a television show in America. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so maybe we'll keep an eye on that. But yeah, so it turns out you guys uh, like Amanda Knox. That's that's cool. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, We like Diogenes. We like all the bad people as well. But yeah, no, honestly, thank you so much to everyone who is continually listening to the show. We've noticed as well, before we've even put out the social media to tell you what episode, when the episode has come out or who we're talking Mm. about, we noticed that people have started listening to it already. So, I mean, honestly. You must have notifications on. You must have these notifications on, and I'm so humbled. We're both so, so humbled that you guys are even listening. 
it does make it worth it for sure it does make it worth it yeah uh so yeah we're we're, we're working on some bits that are, that will come because we we'll be turning two in a in a couple of months uh so that's exciting yeah, not long at all yeah yeah not long at all so we'll be turning two and when we do turn two we'll have an announcement which is fucking awesome and i'm really happy for it and i'm currently repping it right now but anyway <laughs> we're talking about who james uh, William Wallace, and that's the last time I'm doing a Scottish accent on this episode. Okay, excellent. Well, I am uh, Scottish. I have Scottish family. My nan and all my other family, they're all Scottish, so I may I may pull it out the bag now and then. <laughs> okay, okay, I look forward to it. I feel like I'm allowed to do it because it's like it's like one of those, oh, no, it, I, 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 it can't, I can't be, I can say it because I am, you know, like that. Okay, okay. But at some point then I'm going to have to ask you to shout freedom in a scottish accent I, because that's what the viewers want I, see this is the thing right so if i'm allowed to do a scottish accent because i have scottish heritage and that that does no longer like if that's not racist what mel gibson does is racist <laughs> uh i think a lot of what mel gibson has done just in general is quite racist oh yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah i don't think he cares right, well, well maybe we'll get a freedom we'll get a freedom that's what we want that's what we want so i need to put out a little bit of a disclaimer before this episode i'm not a fucking historian my brother is and i told him about it and he went i don't know so (laughs) i'm not a historian um so facts around william wallace are fucking hard to track down and decipher like what's fact and what is fiction um because as we know history is written by the victors and that probably tells you how this story is going to end um so yeah it it's it, there's like I think there's two documents on William Wallace through his entire life. Wow. And the rest is just hearsay. So oh, a lot of what I say, people might be listening to going, that's not true, that's not true. Generally, we don't know what is true and what isn't true. There's so many sources, and I've tried to quote lots of different things to like try and support different quotes. But hey, we'll uh, we'll give it a go. However, I will put one thing out there. In Braveheart, he's depicted as like handsome with long flowing locks, you know, like Mel Gibson, stereotypical Hollywood. Yeah. Um, generally, sources say he was not an attractive bloke. <laughs> that we'll just get that out there. He he wasn't he wasn't the best looking bloke. Yes. Uh, can we just promise the listeners and moreover, can you please promise to me and do my uh, national hero justice? You've not taken your information from the movie Braveheart. No. In fact, I'll tell you what, Ron. I haven't watched Braveheart in over a decade. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> This is good news because... I might. After after I've written this and recorded it, I might go and watch it. But no, this is all from historical like documents and just like websites and things. Fantastic. If anyone is interested in like uh, historical movies that get just absolutely rinsed and taken apart and shown for their historical inaccuracies, uh, there's a YouTube series... Uh, oh, completely forgot the name of it. Either way, it's a guy called Nick Hodges and he basically breaks down uh historical films and shows basically tells you how accurate they are and he did an episode on braveheart and basically was like this is one of the most inaccurate movies i've ever seen in my life it's fucking awful (laughs) this is the thing like it struggles to be accurate as well because there is literally very little written about william wallace and the rebellions and things so they've just they've literally been like oh he seems like a cool bloke and just made a fucking film about it i think so i think uh if you remember at all there's uh william wallace has like a, a romance uh moment with some female french character in the film um mm. apparently in reality she was about five when he was around so they're like i'm not sure that would have happened right okay unless you know no and if it did red flag red flag yeah, yeah exactly 
Okay, then. So, okay, so now I've got that disclaimer out there. No one can come at me in the uh, comments. So that's great. <laughs> so, well, to, to, to find the context of William Wallace's story, I think we should look at the state of Scotland at the time. So everything until I say is fact. And then afterwards it becomes a bit cloudy. But what, ha- what I'm about to say is supported by historians. So go me. So Scotland was under the rule of Alexander III, who reigned from 1249 to 1286. And when he came to the throne, he was a child and no one really took him seriously because why the fuck would you take orders from a kid? Um, Factions were fighting for power because they didn't really want to be ruled by a child. But when he became an adult, when he was 21, he wanted to show his power by reclaiming some Scottish islands that had been claimed by Norway. Okay. And he went ahead and did that. He, He did it. He just got the islands back. Way Scotland flourished. There was a lot of trade. They had great relations with surrounding countries, including England, which I'm sure you know is probably going to turn south very quickly. But they had a uh, they had good relationships, and life in Scotland was good and peaceful. Alexander got married. He had a daughter who was in line for the throne. However, like most kings back then, he wanted a male heir because that's just what they did. Mm. So after his wife uh, passed away, he remarried in 1285. And his wife got pregnant. And then on his way back from, I believe, Glasgow, uh, he was on a journey back and he was going alongside a cliff face and it was very dark. And his horse lost its footing, slipped along the cliff face and the horse and Alexander plummeted to their death. His wife lost the baby and therefore Margaret, his daughter he had with his uh, deceased wife, who was nicknamed the Maid of Norway because she lived in Norway, was to take command of the country. However, she was only eight, so she was put under guard. It's all kicking off. Yeah. Ah, there's so much just There's a lot of death and... Yeah, he was a child, then he was alive, and then or alive, and then he was an adult, and then he took over an island, and then everything was great, and then his wife got pregnant, then he died, child died. He, he, he died in his prime almost. He hadn't yet finished what he wanted to do. No, not at all. And if he didn't die... So basically, if he didn't die... The, the, William Wallace wouldn't have been needed. Oh, okay, yeah, because he could have been that figurehead for Scottish, you know, rebellion of sorts. Because everything was cushy. Yeah. Oh, of course. There was no need for a rebellion. Oh, Everyone was fine. Right, and you're going to tell... Right, you're, no, sorry, I don't want to jump ahead. But now you're going to tell me because he's gone and the only sort of heir is this girl in Norway who is not even 10 and this is just going to throw a, like, a power vacuum into the works. That's literally what happened. So the Scots realised that having an eight-year-old on the throne, not ideal, especially an eight-year-old girl. So they turned to England for help, and Edward I was king of England, and he went, no problem. So he betrothed Margaret to his son, who would later become Edward II, who was apparently a, a gay king, according to Marlowe. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Edward I is yeah. known as the Longshanks, isn't he? Oh, but what? You're telling me. <laughs> maybe. I believe that was his nickname, like the Longshanks, and I think that's to do with him being quite brutal. Um, he w- he does seem like a brutal gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he, apparently his son's gay. But then from what I've like seen in history, so many kings are a little bit gay. If not, like they're just fully bisexual. <laughs> like they, You know when, like, this is the thing, right? So I have a theory. You know whenever you see these documentaries and they say, oh, uh, uh, Henry XYZ... Uh, uh, had his favourite made the general of this army and everyone was really pissed off because he yeah. has no experience. And it's like, oh yeah, that's because they're totally banging. That's why. He's ma- he's just yeah, giving them exactly random that. jobs. 
because it keeps him around. Because uh, otherwise, what's the point in this bloke randomly hanging around the king for no apparent reason? Oh, he's, a, he's my friend. No, you're the king. You don't have friends. You're too busy doing shit. Oh, okay, well, he's the, uh, he's the leader of my armies in northern France. Oh, okay, makes sense. And in the meantime, they're just in a tent. Fucking. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's definitely what I believe it is. Anytime a king had a favourite, that was just his, you know, his boyfriend. Yeah, for sure. And Edward II is heavily, I think it was Gaveston that he was heavily like linked with. And then they killed, the lords knew about it, killed Gaveston. Edward was taken. Yeah, they, they do that uh, all the time. They always kill the favourites, don't they? And then oh, this is becoming about Edward II, but he there's disagreements about how he was killed. But one of the most famous methods is that a red-hot poker was shoved up his ass because they couldn't leave a scar. What? Yeah, they got a red-hot poker and shoved it up his ass I mean... and killed him. That's a way, isn't it? That's a way. It's, it's certainly that's how that's how Marlowe describes it in his play. So mm. there we go. Mm. Yeah, no, not that's not a bit of me. Culture. That. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Scotland. Uh, tragedy strikes. Margaret travels from Norway to Scotland, eight years old, member, and gets some sort of seasickness, and she oh, dies. Uh oh. Who the fuck's in line for the throne now? No one knows because she was betrothed to Edward the second. The countries weren't unified because they didn't marry. However, England was still like, well, they were betrothed, so technically Scotland's ours now. So as you can see, this is where the kind of hoo-ha begins. Because England now thinks it has a claim over Scotland, and Scotland's like, well, no. Yeah. Didn't happen. So, let's get on to William Wallace. Uh, And this, from here on out, is where fact and myth are going to blur in and out of each other. So, bear with me. He was born around 1270 in Scotland. He was the son of Sir Malcolm Wallace. Um, his father was a landowner of James and fifth, the fifth Earl of Scotland. However, I'll be honest, what I've just read is from one source about Wallace's life from a ballad written after he died. But another source also shows that Wallace was born to a man named Alan Wallace after a stamp was found deciphering um, William, the son of Alan Wallace. So again, was he born to Malcolm? Was he born to Alan? We don't know. Uh, no, I mean, I don't know. If, uh, if if you want to be a bit generic, you could say uh, someone just didn't understand what the Scottish man was saying and they thought, oh, it must be Malcolm. And someone went, no, he's definitely said Alan. And he's just gone, Malcolm, like that. He's on, no, this is the, a lot of one of the main sources about William Wallace's life is from a ballad by, oh, I've completely forgot his name. He's called like Something the Blind. And he wrote it long after William had died and he got all his information from documents that like priests had written oh, okay. about him. What? Yeah. And it's just, it just, I don't know, it, it all seems a bit wishy-washy up in the air kind of thing. There's no, like, proper documents of this yeah. is who he was, this is yeah, what he did. there's no census, like, of the time. No, no, no. It, it's, no one really knows Priests who the bloke is. were, like, the documentarians of the time, though, weren't they? They're the mainly, mainly the guys yeah. that write and, you know, can read and write, so they just document everything that's really happening. Yeah, so so that's where a lot of it comes from. But, hey, he, apparently he was extremely well-educated, fluent in English, French, and Latin. Right. Go, William. Um, and it was suggested that he bought, was brought up with military teachings and even fought for Edward I at one point. Again, I don't know. Uh, Wallace was probably unmarried and is not known to have fathered any yeah. children. Too busy, isn't he? He is too busy leading rebellions against the, yeah, against too the English. Too busy being a fucking legend. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, hey, wait, I'm English. No, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a hybrid. I'm a mixture of the two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, stories claim that at one point he was a bit of a rogue. He would kill an Englishman he was just arguing with, and he also killed six English soldiers who accused him of stealing food. Obviously, not the last Englishman he'd go on to kill, but at this point it was murder as opposed nah, nah, to that's war. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> 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 Hey, listen, right? Listen, right? So he, it, it, in the spirit of William Wallace, that is my first Scottish accent of the day. In the spirit of William Wallace, right? <laughs> if 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 Scotland go for this independence uh, referendum soon, within the next year or two, I'm I'm totally going for citizenship. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, really? no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, listen, I'm thinking future proofing, right? I'm thinking, right? This makes more sense. If 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 and possibly when. Uh, Scotland goes for independence and actually gets it because let's be honest their independence movement has kicked off again because of Brexit Scotland voted not to leave the European Union but because of yeah. their domination by the English they have to so they're now saying well I'm not so not being funny we only chose to stay in the UK because you're part of the EU that's realistically the only benefit we like want from this re- union if you're going to leave we're not interested so if they go for independence, they're totally going to go for EU citizenship. Obviously, I know that's not going to that's not going to happen in a year or two. That's going to take like you know upwards near upwards of like ten years to get done. Listen, I'm going for citizenship with Scottish like Scotland Scottish citizenship because then my kids will have freedom to go and work and travel across Europe. Go for it, man. I'm yeah, thinking absolutely. About the kids. That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going to get it's very good. patriotic good. in this episode. Yeah, I can feel it. I can feel it. I'll, I'll try and be as patriotic as English as possible, but I won't lie. I'm not. I don't really like England. Apart from when we play football, it's the only time I actually give a oh, shit about mate, this country. Summer of 2018. Bring it back. Oh, I, I dream about those days. What? A, what Everybody a time hates the English except for the English who hate themselves. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Or what is in that uh, Simpsons episode? Uh, Willie. Yeah. It's like a, it's like Scots fighting like the English or the Scots fighting the Scots. Oh, I, can't I think he says in like brothers and sisters are like natural enemies, and then he like goes on to riff on a few things. It's like England and Scotland are just natural enemies. Yeah. <laughs> England, Scotland, France, and Scotland. Scots, another <laughs> Scots. They just hate each other. Talking of Scotland, fair play Rangers for winning the league. Congratulations, Rangers! Congratulations, congratulations, Stephen Gerrard, first yeah. management gig. Yeah, for sure. Uh, unfortunately, no one gives a shit about Scottish Ooh. football, so we move. Um, Edward didn't try to take over Scotland straight away. In fact, he was asked by Scottish lords to choose a new king, and he chose a man called John Balliol, uh, a man who he thought could easily he could easily control. He was this, the descendant of David, a uh-huh. Scottish king, and the English thought he was weak. Right. So he just thought that Edward thought if we put this bloke in charge, he, yeah. he's a puppet king. Like no worries, we're fine. But typically. England and France were at war at the time, because yeah. when are we not? And Balliol decided to pledge Scotland's, Scotland's allegiance oh. to France. <laughs> which Edward must have been sat in there like, sorry? <laughs> what? Sorry, what you said the, the wrong word there. You were supposed to have said England. Ah, <laughs> so in 1296, King Edward of England imprisoned and got rid of Scottish King, King John Balliol and declared himself ruler of Scotland. <laughs> So the Scottish right. rebel. That was very much a. Uh, if you can't, if you, was it? <laughs> if you can't do it, sorry, it's like you do it yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. So sort of, fuck it, I'll yeah. I'll do it then. <laughs> but the Scottish people were mm. not happy, so they rebelled in May 1297. 
Wallace and a group of around 30 men burned Lanark and killed its sheriff, and this really ignited the War of Independence. After this, joined by Sir William Douglas, Wallace marched to Scone. I think it's Scone. It's, yeah, it's one of those it's words Scone, that people yeah. argue about pronunciation. And drove out the English, attacking garrisons between the rivers Forth and Tay. The Scottish steward, Robert the Bruce, who would later know on to go on to be uh, Robert the First, King uh, Robert yeah. the First, he gathered an army but were forced to surrender by Henry de Percy and Sir Robert de Clifford in July twelve ninety seven. Proper medieval yeah, names, great those. Names. Uh, however, Wallace thought, "You've surrendered, but fuck, am I going to?" So he remained in action and was not deterred. And he had a lot of fucking men with him, and he went to the forest of Selkirk that was, uh, and he was growing. Um, uh, an army and laid siege to Dundee. However, he abandoned it. Which is a bit strange. He abandoned it to go with a man called Andrew de Murray. Mm. Murray uh, because an English army was advancing towards Stirling with the Earl of Surrey, John de Warren. There's a lot of fucking D's in here. Everyone's a, uh, I think because it's, it's, the, it's the Latin or French of, uh, of, isn't it? So somewhere of something. Ah, right. Yeah, we had James it with uh, Joan of Arc episode, Birmingham. didn't we? With, uh, and I promise I wouldn't say it again, but I'm going to... Jeanne de Arc. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeanne. Yeah. Just wrong. So, this is where we get to uh, the Battle of Stirling, which is one of his most oh, famous and battles. My, sorry, so- and my family homeland as well. That's where all my Scottish family herald from, Stirling. Hey. Well, there you go. You've got ties with this story. So the Earl of Surrey failed to bring Wallace on terms. And on September 11th, the English began to file across a narrow bridge along the River Forth. So what basically happened was William Wallace was like, wait, this is a bottleneck. You know the film 300 where it's just like we're going to stand here and make their numbers count for shit? It's exactly what William Wallace did. He was like, if they cross this bridge, their numbers are meaningless because we'll just bottleneck them. So he just waited for the English to cross the bridge. So he waited for a large portion of English troops were on the bridge before charging with uh, spears, forcing the English soldiers who weren't immediately slaughtered into the river. Uh, the English turned uh-huh. around and fucking legged it. The Scots pursued the remaining, uh, remaining. however, the Earl of Surrey escaped. This was the Battle of Stirling Bridge, and it was a huge win for Wallace and his rebels. And just for a moment, Scotland was free of occupation. Just for a moment. However, obviously, didn't last long. So Wallace moved around a little bit. He tried besieging Carlisle and uh, burning down other towns, uh, just doing general rebellion kind of stuff. And then he returned to Scotland in December 1297. He was knighted and given the title Guardian of Scotland, which yeah, sounds boy. fucking awesome. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> in the name of uh, King John yeah, yeah. de Balliol. I like it. Who was who was a prisoner of London at the time? Because Edward went and grabbed him, was like, "What the fuck is you're doing?" You <laughs> Got him round the ear and just pulled him back to London. <laughs> yeah, you were supposed to be easy to fucking control. Now look what you've done. So Wallace set himself up to reorganise his army. He worked hard and he acted wisely, supported by many, including uh, Bishop Robert Wishart uh, and Robert the Bruce. Who, who I recognise the name of Robert the Bruce a Robert lot, the Bruce but I don't really know much about uh, him. One of the most famous Scottish figures um, up there, uh, almost up there, like with like Rabbi Burns, with like famously Burns Night um, that they have in Scotland. But yeah, Robert the Bruce, uh, I think recently played by Chris Pine in Outlaw King in Netflix uh, original film. That's oh, about okay, I believe Robert okay. the Bruce. 
Yeah, no, Robert Bruce. Lots of statues of him all over Scotland. Like he's because he's. I think he's the last Scottish king, um, before unif like proper unification. I, I, something like that. I, I can't remember because I know James the first. He he was definitely part yeah, of the rebellion. Uh, James the first of uh, England is like James the sixth of Scotland. Uh, it's yeah no, like, very confusing but no yeah he's very 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 famous king it's, it's a bit weird yeah right well there we go so wallace wasn't everyone's cup of tea uh but obviously he was very powerful so everyone was like oh fuck it what's the point so generally most scots were fully on his team edward however was very pissed off and he had no intention of letting the defeat of sterling bridge be his downfall so he ordered thousands of men back to scotland to reclaim it and in English warfare around the time, it's well known that when it came to archery, mm -hmm. the English were just the best. The English longbow uh, was like a sh enough to strike fear into any man's heart. And it was law for every man in England to practice archery. So therefore, nearly every man in England was extraordinarily good with a bow. Yeah, so apparently, this is really cool. Um, archaeologists, when they dig up bones, there's some of them that have got like beefy arms uh, like beefy bones on one particular arm and this comes from uh, they found out that this comes from like a particular era when the longbow was used by the English and they can figure it out they, they dig up a bone and they're like oh this one's got a beefy arm and they're like oh right okay now I can kind of tell where in what, when in history this person came from because just because of that that's really interesting that the, the archery has literally adapted their hand yeah yeah they're like known for it and apparently uh, sorry I'm going to go off on one for a second um, <laughs> apparently uh, you know our two finger swear that we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like, uh, <laughs> like when people like throw up. I don't know if you remember, like in Japanese anime, someone in Japan like throws up two finger peace sign. Well, if we just flip it round, apparently that's now swearing at someone. Apparently that yeah. comes from English and French rivalries because of the English bowmen uh, being so skillful with their bows. If ever a French soldier caught an english bowman they'd cut off those two fingers so they couldn't use them and then anytime an english person saw a frenchman they'd throw up their two fingers to say look i've still got my fingers and i could still get you oh shit that's so cool Apparently, that's where it comes from hooray i'm gonna go around to france doing it to all the french people look at me like mr like mr bean just throwing it outside yeah. the convertible everywhere. <laughs> yeah. burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, Wallace retreated slowly and wasted the country behind him so that Edward's force could not resupply themselves while marching. And I think um, the Russians did that in World War II. They just literally burnt their land to the ground so the Germans couldn't feed themselves. Oh, they do it all the time. Like, they're just like, because the country's so big, they're like, I don't care. 
Yeah, just fuck it, burn it. If we can't have it, no one can. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Edward's ar- army was half starved and they were on the point of retreat. However, on July 21st, he learned that Wallace was waiting for them near Falkirk. Edward advanced and after finding Wallace, a battle began. Uh, there was a lot of losses on both sides. However, the English longbows did their job and it meant that a repeat of Stirling Bridge just simply wasn't viable. Wallace went northward with survivors and Edward returned south. Uh, Wallace fully lost support after this battle and he vanishes from history for a while. So there's around four years where he just he just vanishes. No one knows where the fuck he is. Hmm. He resigned from his position of Guardian of Scotland and there was evidence that he went to France in 1299 to gather support. But there's not much known about his activities. Um, and this is where something weird happens. The English and the French actually get on. So oh, yeah. Edward marries his second wife, Margaret, who is the daughter of the King of France. And the two countries are now unified and at peace. Hooray! So England fully turns its attention to Scotland, its pesky neighbour. Wallace turned up to France, expecting to find a king ex- uh, who hated the English as much as he did. However, he was arrested and the English were informed of this. Expecting execution, the English just said, oh, cheers, just keep him prisoner for a while. So the French ah. did that. They just kind of kept him there. However, as always, England and France start bickering again and Wallace manages to get on the good side of the French and is released. Mm. Yeah. It does seem to me like that Scotland and French were always natural allies, but just because of their neutral hatred for England. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's probably still the same now, to be honest with you. Yeah, apparently so. They get on quite well. So... Uh, Wallace wished to go to Rome to plead his case to the Pope because that's apparently what everyone did in history they just always went to the Pope whenever they had a problem and Philip, (laughs) King of France, wrote a letter to the Pope asking him to hear Wallace out and that letter was found in the National Archives in London in 2011 so that's still about, that's exciting finally a piece of documentation that actually says where Wallace was going Mm. Uh, however the letter never reached Rome and nor did Wallace it's quite unclear what happened. Either the letter and Wallace were captured together or the letter was intercepted by spies. It, it's generally unknown. Um, however, Wallace is somehow back in Scotland and not exactly in Braveheart style. On August the 5th, 1305, he's captured by a man called Sir John Menteith. Who, and John Menteith was a Scottish man and he captured him and handed him over to the English. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Okay, okay. He's like... um. There's like a lot of Scottish nobles that are being paid off by the English uh, court. And they're mm. saying, look, if you just get this bastard, I can give you X, Y, Z land. Like, all you have to do is just side with us and then you're going to get this on that. Basically, they're sellouts. That's what they are. Yeah, it's, it's literally that. They're just trying to cover their own backs because I think a lot of Scottish people probably knew it was quite an unwinnable war. Because as 100%. much respect as you can have for Scotland, England was a fucking force. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's bigger. Uh, it was more sort of stabilised, I'm assuming. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, Wallace was taken to London, and on August 23rd, 1305, he was shown to Westminster Hall, and he was condemned to death. There was no trial, because why would there be? He was a traitor to the king. However, he denied that he was a traitor, because how can you be a traitor to a king that you never swore allegiance to? Yeah, it's not even your king. Yeah, it it doesn't really make sense. Like, how I can't be treacherous to you because I I literally don't follow you. Yeah, like, I kill have me a king. for yeah, kill me for waging war on you. Go crazy. Like, fair enough, but treachery. Come on now. Ah, oh, mate. Doesn't really don't make like sense. it. Don't like no. it. That's that's it. That, that it's almost like the birth of English imperialism here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So. 
The same day, he was hung, drawn, and quartered. First of all, he was dragged through the streets by uh, of London by horses to his execution spot. I'm, I think he was butt naked while that happened. Oh, uh, and he was hanged until not quite dead. Mm. Which I can't really get. Like, it's awful, isn't it? Like, I always thought that hanging it was the neck breaking where you die, but I don't really know. So there's there's um there's d- different types. So the the hanging that we know of is supposed to be like the more humane version. It's where they they somehow like basically give you a longer rope, uh, and the idea is that the, your body weight calculated with the length of the rope when you drop it snaps a vertebrae in your neck and it kills you instantly. It's supposed to be right. more humane. However, there are lots of cases in history where they've given you too long a rope and the weight of your body and the sudden impact of that rope on your head, it can decapitate them. Bloody hell. Which has happened quite a few times apparently in history where you know they drop them and the head falls off and the body falls to the floor. Uh, and then there's oh the God. other one, which is where it's just it's called a slow hanging and it's uh, where like the rope's just not long enough. Uh, you don't drop like you do other ones and you just you choke to death and that i believe is where we get uh the tyburn jig from um which yeah where they're choking yeah yeah we know quite well from uh previous work placements uh the tyburn jig is obviously where like you are literally just hanging there and as you're gasping for breath your body just convulses because it's trying to do something but yeah you'll lay there but you'll just hang there jiggling around until you almost pass out and that's when they take you down Amazing. Lovely. Sounds wonderful. He went through that. So yeah, that happened to him. And then after he was taken down, having lost all oxygen and almost choked to death, he had his stomach cut open, his organs ripped out, and they were burnt in front of him. Was he dead? Maybe, but also maybe not. He probably saw his organs get torn out. Honestly, imagine that. No anaesthetic, no nothing. Just some fucker just cutting into you and ripping your shit out. Because obviously the execution is very well documented because the English documented it. There was loads of people there just writing about it. Yeah. Yeah, big famous dude. Like, out of nowhere, there's this traitor who's been waging war against us. People must have heard of him, like ballads, uh, you know, people singing about it, telling stories about it and whatnot. They must know who he was. And he's Scottish, so that people like the English were just vehemently racist against Scottish because they're like old enemies. They've probably not seen many Scottish people. No, probably not. No, very true, especially not in central London. Yeah. He was then beheaded and his limbs were taken off. His limbs were scattered around the country to Stirling, Perth, Newcastle-upon-Tyne and Berwick. Wow. I've no idea why. It was just a proper piece of theatre from uh, Edward who just wanted to show the strength of England. Like, look at us, we've taken your hero and we've put, like, his limbs in every corner of our country. Um, Yeah, man. I think it's to do with, uh, yeah, literally what you said, like, it's a fear tactic. Here is the arm of the traitor that once was so and so, and I think as well these um, the body parts were placed in like right, relatively strategically, so like places that maybe had a bit of um, rebellion in them. So like obviously like mm. with Newcastle upon Tyne, Newcastle was like relatively close to the border of Scotland. Yeah. So like I imagine it would make more sense to like put maybe the arm in Newcastle and say, yeah, by the way, everyone, just so you know, that is the arm of William Wallace. So if anyone even thinks about it, this is going to happen, all right? It would be quite something, wouldn't it, just seeing a bloody arm on the, just, just hanging around, knowing that the others are scattered, or the other limbs are scattered. Yeah, man. And his head up. was placed on London Bridge, because that's just where heads went. Yeah, man, that's where the heads go. 
that is where the heads go. I always, I always used to stand there and like look at the Tower of London and look at London Bridge and just think, wow, so many heads. Yeah, yeah. What, what a sight that would have been. It's a bunch of mm. fucking heads covered in tar, just sat on the fucking ramparts and yeah. looking at it. Thinking, I remember uh, I was standing outside uh, Tower of London once. You know the uh, Traitor's Gate that's like still there. Yes. I was just standing there, like looking at it, and I was like, if I could have a time machine and go back, I don't know, five hundred, six hundred years, and just stand here and see what it was like it'd be fascinating it would wouldn't it it'd be awesome if only we had a time travel machine that'd be so cool because like we'd have to go to we'd have to go to an execution we'd have to go see one just to know what it's like yeah just to see what it's like yeah i'd 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 love it fascinating fascinating place and then like you turn around and there's just skyscrapers now it's weird how the times change man yeah it's mad that at one point in history the tower of london would have been the tallest thing in london yeah and then and right it's not really that tall no it's not and just across the river is then the shard yeah <laughs> which just dwarfs it yeah the shard's big it big so in 1306 uh bruce uh raised a rebellion that eventually won the independence for scotland however didn't really last long because the official war would go on to 1341 where it was kind of decided that it was a stalemate. Mm. Between 1296 and 1341, Scotland had been had been in English hands more than its own. Um, obviously, more fights happened. Like others in the 1500s, Catherine of Aragon was left in charge of England's fight against the Scottish while Henry VIII was fighting in France, and she sent her husband the blooded coat of James IV as a sign of victory. Ah, oh, shit, man. She was yeah. That, I, I really like that story. I think that's so cool because women obviously weren't supposed to amount to much, and she was like, "Look what I've done." Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't until the 1700s that England and Scotland would finally become united under one monarch, and it still is today. And she fucking loves going to her bloody holiday home up there. Oh, she loves Balmoral. She fucking loves it. Oh yeah, she spends her Christmas up there, I believe. Yeah. Gets her Come on, Scotland, on. have a rebellion. I, I won't. I'll stay completely neutral. I'll fucking watch. Have another one. Aye. That'd be funny. <laughs> Just trying to encourage, just trying to rouse the Scottish. Uh, I, this is the thing where, like, you, as you said, uh, where Scotland had been in the hands of the English longer than it had almost been in the hands of the Scottish, as as the, as the Scottish were then, like, Christianized, uh, somewhat English speakers, a lot of them, or French speakers, not, no, probably not that. I mean, maybe the the how, how like the English common folk would have spoke broken English. Scottish common folk now spoke Gaelic, but like I'm assuming the nobles and what would have spoke, you know, French or somewhat English to a degree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, nowadays, this is why like Scottish independence is like a eh, not that many people seem to be that fussed about it. Is because that when you've been part of something for so long and that's all you know, you think ah fuck it, go along with it. <laughs> and I think that's what it is. It's just been like ing- anglicized so much now that it's not mm. worth it probably. That's the thing, like, it sounds bad, and I'm sure this is, I'm about to make so many people's blood boil, but I see Scotland as just kind of an extension of England. Yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from. Same with Wales, like, I just think, let's just, fu- let's just have a fucking great football team and just become one country. Ah, oh, this is, so this is a thing where, you know, I mean, right, so this is obviously a historical thing, right? The reason why, you know, they hate us is because... The English have just been knobs to all those smaller nations that are attached to the United Kingdom for so long. 
Whereas like they've yeah, never really sort of treated them as equals. They're just sort of no, no, you're, you're you're you know you're part of this, but you can't have a government. Like you listen to us, uh, you know things like that. To the point where that like, only in the last I think was it thirty years or something, Scotland has had a, a government of its own, a devolved government at that, where it can't really do too much. So like only then no. have they sort of gone. I gone and you can have, you know, you can have your say for what you ought to do in your own country, just because England can't be fucking arsed. But um, I'm all for like if they treat them a bit better, maybe they'd want to stay. And yeah, imagine having Team GB instead of just England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. That'd be sick. That'd be It'd be so good. good I don't, I don't know if any Scottish players would get in. I'm trying to think. Scott McTominay. I think Gareth. Huh? Scott McTominay might get in there. Andrew Robertson. We need left back. He can get in as well. Oh, there you go. And then Welsh players. I mean, there's some good Welsh players. Gareth Bale back in the day. Ga- yeah, Gareth um, Bale be on the subs bench for now. Yeah. Uh, any other Welsh players? Uh, I don't know. Ryan Giggs would have had a great time in England, sure. Oh, in his day, he would have had a good run. And then some Northern Ireland players. I can't be honest with you, I don't know that many. No, I don't, I don't think there's many to shout about. Ooh. I don't know. But hey, so uh, how much of Braveheart is true? <gasps> mm, bits. Uh, so Wallace definitely existed and he was definitely a hero figure for Scottish rebellions and he definitely defeated the English during some battles. But also there's literally two fucking documents that give accounts about his life. Yeah. So it's an area of history that's really foggy. So watch Braveheart as a Mel Gibson turn off your brain freedom kind of film <laughs> and not to get your fucking historical, um, what's the word? Historical accuracy, education yeah, education. It, it, it's yeah, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, no, it is, it is, it is. And uh, uh, the only time he ever says, I believe, freedom is when he's being killed. Isn't it? Isn't it? Doesn't he do it during his speech? Ah, oh, maybe. They'll take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Uh, and then, and then, when he's getting disemboweled. As he's having his guts ripped out, he just like he's just like last last ditch, freedom, and then just sort of. Mel Gibson loves being in films where he fights the English because he was in the Patriot as well, oh, of where course. he's literally fighting the Redcoats. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but then Mel Gibson's an anti-Semite, so there. We go. <laughs> Mel Gibson is something, isn't he? He is something. <laughs> um, he's just. I, yeah. Listen, I like Braveheart. I, like you said, it's, it's a switch your brain off and just enjoy it movie. I quite like it. It's it, it's a mm. guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, uh, things like Tartan. Tartan obviously being quite famous in Scotland uh, with your kilts mm. and stuff like that. Apparently, it's French uh, and it's not a Scottish thing. Like, obviously... I, I mean, with a name like Tartan. Yeah, probably, yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, with Scottish, we say Tartan. Um, but... Yeah. It, yeah, it's apparently it's not a Scottish invention. It's a French invention that was brought over to the Scottish because they had some friendships. And apparently that might not have been the case necessarily during William Wallace's era as well. They might not have worn tartan men. And especially not to battle. They would not have worn kilts in battle. <laughs> They'd have worn like what everyone else was wearing. Yeah. Fucking armour and yeah, like, chainmail. Yeah, it doesn't seem very practical. No, it's not practical. It's like whenever you see a Viking in a series and they're just running around naked. Uh, and it's like, they're not stupid. They definitely wear armour. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but did they fa- paint their faces blue? Would that be a thing? I, uh, I think the Scottish thing of painting their faces blue is just like a bit of a myth. You know how like uh, the Vikings wear hel- horns on their helmets? It's just like a Victorian invention. Mm. I think it was more like uh, the Romans wrote down that 
the Picts and native English would colour their skin blue. Uh, I think, obviously, they've just carried that on and just assumed that that's what Scottish did in a warfare, and I'm not entirely sure if they actually did. Right, okay. To be fair, props to Scotland. When it came to the Roman invasion, the Romans took over England, but they couldn't really crack Scotland. Ah, man. Hence Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, Scotland's a hard nut to crack. It's full of hard people. Still is now. Wouldn't fuck with them. Do you know what it was? It was Christianity that softened the Scots. <laughs> how, how has he managed yeah, to do this? opening a fucking wormhole How has there. he done it? How has he brought religion into this? And where it was not brought up once, except for the Pope, which you did bring up. How has he done it? I did bring up the Pope. And it's because Scottish had the old gods when the Romans were around. They had the old gods. They had, like, you know... Actually, I, I won't even know. I won't even know because they wouldn't have not had the probably Germanic gods. So I don't even know whose gods they'd have had back then. But they had the tree gods and the fucking spirits and shit. And when the Romans came over with their Jupiter and Venus and all this shit, they were like, I'm not fucking about with that. Because the Scottish were like, nah, man, I've got mystical tree gods over here helping me out. So I get to your fuck, man. And the Romans were like, all right, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to build a wall here. I'm just scared. They were terrified. <laughs> they were absolutely terrified of Scotland. They would hear noises. That's it, because... And just be like, nope. Scotland wasn't... Obviously, like, England, Scotland, that wasn't massively civilised, so they must have seen these, like... Because Rome was civilised and quite well-to-do, so they must have seen, like, what they thought of savages just running towards them and be like, hmm, actually, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, we discussed it in Boudicca episode, if anyone wants to go back and listen to some old episodes. Plug. Yeah, that was a good plug. Uh, Boudicca, 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 whichever one you want to go for, we talked about how... Julius Caesar, when he first went to England, Romans back then were like, there's fucking monsters over there. Like, I don't want to go. Mm. <laughs> they were terrified of what was over in England and Scotland and whatnot. Yeah. They were absolutely terrified. They legit thought that monsters lived up there, and especially up in Scotland. They're like, like whatever's up there, I'm not going near. I'm not want it. Crazy. So, would history of William Wallace being clearer if he won and stayed alive? Of course it was. But unfortunately, uh, he met a very grisly end and the English were like, well, we'll write him out of history for, for a little bit. So he is still obviously one of Scotland's greatest national heroes uh, and he is the inspiration of the Scottish resistance to Edward I. Yeah. And there were statues of him around Scotland and he's widely celebrated. And even today, the fight for Scottish independence remains, except it's a bit more democratic now. Yeah, because it's not as acceptable to just, you know, kill a bunch of people in a town off the border. Wage war. And yeah. then, you know, take the head off the other person for doing so. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you got to talk to Nicola Sturgeon nowadays. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on with her at the moment. I've not been really keeping up with it, but apparently there's some issues with her and Alex Salmond. Uh, yeah, something sex scandal. I don't fucking know anymore. I don't watch the news anymore. I know I've been out of it for a little while because I'm a fan of Sturgeon uh, and I'm a fan of her independence call but i don't know what's gone on recently so i'm not gonna put my foot in it and just say yeah i like nicola sturgeon it turns out she covered up a sex scandal i'm not i'm not, I'm not getting involved yet <laughs> not doing it not get doing the facts it. straight not doing it um but yeah, man. yeah maybe she can be the modern day william wallace all right well uh, uh well, well sorry right um in sterling they've got the wallace monument which if you're up to date with our social media you will have seen an image of recently when we asked, uh, basically it was a clue. As I to won't who. lie, as I was writing this episode and you put that up, I was like, 
what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm literally right about it. I was like, what the fuck is that? Now I know. Yeah, so that's Wallace Monument. Uh, that's in Stirling, obviously, where my family are from, in Stirling, Scotland, uh, which obviously is the scene of one of his most famous battles against the English. Uh, they built that, I think it was finished, I mean, within the last century. It's not that old, although it looks very old. Um, this towering fucking spear coming up from the hills right into the sky. I've been there. Uh, I went there when we went out to visit my family like years ago I was a kid. And honestly, it's fucking amazing. It's such a cool place. Uh, from up there, you can see everything. You can see all of Stirling, all the forest, the lake, the river, everything. It's a fantastic place beautiful. to go. Honestly, James, it is beautiful. And I would advise anyone, if they want to go to Scotland, go and see that, the Wallace Monument, because it's brilliant. And also, at the bottom of Wallace Monument, they've got a massive sword which is believed to have been William Wallace's sword. Not his jet actual sword? Yeah, although I'm not sure how true that is or whether it's more a replica of what it may have been, but it's what they call a bastard sword, which is just a massive two-handed one. And it's like I love that. It's a fat fuck-off bastard sword. Uh, it, it's, it's Honestly, apparently it's like seven foot tall. Come on now, he can't have used that. That's yeah. just not logical. Apparently he was a beast of a man like a hefty hefty bloke and he would wield this bastard sword both hands and apparently there's a story and again like you've mentioned a lot of it must be myth or folklore but apparently there's a story that he executed like six blokes with one swing of it like all on their knees and he just like you know like a hammer thrower just swing 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 and whoop six heads just got lopped off using it Bloody hell. Big yeah, guy, man. big guy. Yeah, yeah, man. Imagine being the sixth bloke, though, just watching all these uh, heads just swing off. As yeah, it's like sling, 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 yeah. sling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Go see the, uh, the Wallace Monument. It's sterling. Fucking amazing. Brilliant place. It, I, I've just looked at the picture again. It looks amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, there you are, Scotland. A national hero for you. And I won't lie, a cool guy. I'm English, and I think he's cool. So you've got my backing. He is a cool guy. He's the best guy. <laughs> We need more William Wallaces. Guy. We need more William Wallaces in like the Scottish government and in Parliament up there. You know, people that might. Uh, do you know what? I'm saying this, but realistically, it, it's it's probably not a good idea. Uh, it's great to have independence and whatnot and claim to be your own sovereign nation. However, I think over fifty percent of Scotland's exports are with imports and exports are with England. So if you weren't part of that, yeah, you'd have to negotiate a new deal and. You know, I don't know. It, it, it would get very messy, and I just it would be on the news all the time, and I'd get bored of it. Oh, 100%. It, it is, it's, a, it's a messed up thing. It's all to do with economics and shit. It's not like it was in the old days when you could just say, nah, fuck off, I don't want to do it, and then you'd be off. It's not like that. It's not like that. Yeah. Yeah, no one invades anymore. It's very boring. <laughs> Aye, man. It's the most peaceful time in human civilization, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and hooray for that. Aye. Hooray for that. So, there we are. William Wallace. William Wallace. William Wallace. William Wallace. Now, apparently, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is uh, this is me being very generic about the Scottish people, but I just take this from my nan. Uh, two L's almost is not pronounced. Like, we'd say William, uh, and in Scotland, it's just William. It's almost like you don't say it. It's like a Y. Two L's become almost like a Y, like William. William. Right, William. Uh, it's, yeah. William. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, to be fair, that does sound very Scottish, William. No, I mean, that's just how my nan would William, say it. William. <laughs> that's how I'm picturing it. How would my nan speak? And I'm just doing that. 
So I, I sound like Mrs. Doubtfire, really. That's what my nan's like. Oh, hello, dear. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, oh, man, that's fucking sick. I love this. This was a great episode. I enjoyed this. Um, right. I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Uh, next week, we're talking about a guy called Paul Alexander. If you've never heard of him, I'll not be surprised. Uh, I've never heard of him. I'm not surprised. However, he is one of, I believe, two people left in the United States who almost exclusively uses an iron lung to keep him alive. I have heard of him <laughs> because of you. Yes, you because I mentioned him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Paul Alexander. Yeah, he is a guy who, as a child, got put in an iron lung. Obviously, how does a man... like It, it doesn't matter. If you don't know what it is, you're just going to have to listen to next week's episode, aren't you? Or, you know, if you want to be really, like, clued up with it, have a quick Google and find out. But that's who we're going to be talking about next week. Paul Alexander, uh, one of the last iron lungs in the US, uh, which is a really interesting story. And like, actually one that's, you know, well, well done to you, Paul. Well done. So, look forward to that. Kudos, Paul. Look forward to that next week. Um, thank you very much, James, for that episode, because I fucking enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. I think no we should worries. have more Scottish heroes on the show. I, I enjoy Robert the Bruce, maybe. Robert the Bruce, yeah, why not? Let's get a Robert the Bruce show. Although, there's a theory that maybe Robert the Bruce is the part of the reason why William Wallace was captured in the first place. But uh, I don't know about that. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right. Look forward to next week's episode. Uh, follow us on all the social media if you fancy that. On there, you can get the link tree to like uh, other social media stuff for us, like our Kofi page, where if you are feeling generous, you can donate to the show, uh, just, you know, a pound or two or whatever you want, in your own currency. Uh, it really massively helps the show, like, we've had a few people do it before and it, it's honestly, it's, it's so humbling. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you again for everyone who does listen to the show on a regular basis. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, if you could, uh, drop us a review on, I think it's Apple Podcasts is the main uh, app uh that we listen to on so if you're using apple podcast please just give us a five star say hello um and yeah we'd be eternally grateful thank you very much for listening everyone i hope you enjoyed it join us next week and we'll see you then Ta-ra. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.